0: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition.
1: All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov, and we've got Grant Farnsworth on the show with us today. Grant, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: All right, so let's dive in. Grant, you put out this really interesting article recently. You posted it on LinkedIn, and this is a shameless plug for those that are listening. Check this out. It's the 2024 and 2025 outlook for new single-family residential construction. I've been reading almost every day about the housing market and about what's happening with the Fed. And I think the Fed is basically, if it feels like they pulled off the impossible with their quote-unquote soft landing, everyone was predicting recession, and even though they've raised rates to infinity... For all intents and purposes, look like they've been able to hold off a massive recession alongside this, you know, relatively unprecedented amount of increase in rates. I want to take a step back and look at this article that you posted. Again, we'll link to this in the show notes. The big graph I'm looking at is in the first graph here. It shows builder confidence, which is tracking basically over the last, you know, 24 months back to you know 2021, and it shows like consumer confidence hitting like an all-time low of November, December last year. 11 months straight, just decline, decline, decline. And now we're like, oh, I think these are okay. Talk to me about that a little bit. What are you hearing in the market? I would say consistently when we're
2: having client conversations, presentations in the marketplace, large audience, small audience, doesn't matter. Overwhelmingly, our clients and colleagues are saying this year hasn't been nearly as bad as they expected. They're seeing a return, particularly on the single family side, sooner than they expected. Nothing's going gangbusters, but it's this idea of October, November, December, a lot of folks were predicting doom and gloom, and it's going to be terrible. And we were kind of contrarians in that regard. A lot of folks were predicting that home values were going to just fall off a cliff like, oh, it's 2008 all over again. And we were contrarians saying, it's not possible. It's not possible. And so sure enough, I think you know, six months into this year, there's enough data, activity, information, behaviors to support this isn't going to bottom out. We're not going to lose our shirts in this stuff. So long winded an answer to say, I think there's more optimism than there is pessimism. I think most, including our firm, believe that we have at the bottom of this trough as far as starts and as far as building activity and things like this, as the consumer pricing index starts coming down because we believe, you love talking about the Fed, Zach, so jump in. But we, you know, we believe rates are the highest they're going to be. And so over time, over the next 12, 18, 24 months, that consumer pricing index is going to come down. We've done some good work to show that when that pricing index gets you know 6% or below, activity starts coming right back up, particularly on the DIY and home improvement side. So I think we just have a lot of fundamentals out there that support modest but continued and sustained growth for years to come. And it's kind of proven to be the case.
0: I hear what you're saying about single family, and we've seen the same thing. It's exciting, and we had similar optimism. And even at our last event, heard a lot of people say, "Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic." And throughout the year, heard people say, "Like, I think it's supposed to be really bad, but sales seem to be okay." There is the rather consistent exception to that, and maybe it's more in the commercial space. And this is what I would love to hear you talk about, Grant. Probably one in three manufacturers that we've talked to are quote unquote not hitting their sales numbers for this year. It's not a bottom of the barrel year. It's not everything is terrible, but as you do in business, you know, they've had three really successful years. And so when they projected out sales for this year, they projected additional growth because most people don't project shrinking. What would you say to the people who are feeling? a pinch or who are feeling like they're not hitting their sales numbers when you see it through the lens of what you just shared about residential and single family.
2: Stuff is still down, right? I mean, starts are off from last year. We exhausted DIY activity. You know, homeowners did the projects they could, that they were capable of doing. They started projects that were not even on their radar a couple of years so, I think depending on where that manufacturer, where your client is, if, if they're heavily invested in DIY space, are they heavily invested in multifamily versus single family stars, are they heavily invested in uh, large renovations? I think there's a lot that will dictate their success or lack thereof. But the market is still down in our industry. Even those that have good revenue, units are likely still down, right? So, a lot of it is about inflation. So, I don't know that I would get too. In the dumps, if you're not hitting some sales goals, because we are still in a down cycle here, I think it's just more the idea of it's not the doom and gloom. And then again, I think if you look at this year being, you know, right now we're kind of at the bottom of that trough. It seems to be the case. I'd probably ask your clients, are you starting to see a rebound? Are you starting to see an increase in requests? Are you starting to see increased closure rates? You know, what is your pipeline looking like to really get a sense of are they at the bottom as well? But it's just not as bad as what I think a lot expected going in. And what are you guys hearing from your side? So I'm curious, you know, as you're talking with you know, similar building product manufacturers, large and small, you guys do a lot on the commercial side. You do a lot on the residential side from you know, designers and specifiers to installers. What's the sentiment you're getting out there, client side, market side, for today and tomorrow?
1: The sentiment is absolutely, it's not as bad as what people thought. I think that there's going to be a pretty large R&R boom over the next decade, mostly because people accelerated the path to purchase you know, during COVID because of rates. And most people bought homes that needed large amount of fixes or changes or improvements based upon what they quote unquote conceded in decision-making and that they have pent up equity in their homes too. So it's not as bad as people thought. I think that People are preparing for a pretty large uptick over the next, I think, 24 months if you head into next year. Again, this time last year, Grant, we're like, oh, recession's coming. It could be bad. I'm thinking back to like all the people we brought into our event in Denver last year. We had like three different opinions of people, very, very smart, smarter than me, talking about what they thought was going to happen. And everyone had a very different point of view. You don't really know what's going to happen. Like I remember laughing when the Fed used the word soft landing. I was like, who are these guys? kidding. And I'm meaning crow because like it looks like they might have pulled it off, but you never know. Like That could totally change next quarter. You have no idea. And then at the same time, we have seen three of the four largest bank collapses of all time in the last year as well. So it's hit large corporate financial institutions, not necessarily the everyday American quite as hard.
0: I would say what I said originally, which was every conversation, the vast, vast majority of conversations I had would be people who went from cautiously optimistic to almost apologetically optimistic of, hey, I know that it's not the same for everyone, but for the most part, our sales are really strong, or we've still got strong projections, or our orders are coming in. And I think a lot of that was also coming from manufacturers who felt more of a pinch during supply chain issues. And so they actually lost a lot of demand and lost a lot of sales during supply chain issues. And having that open back up, and being able to sell what they had and meet demand expectations was a really big win for them across the board in general. Again, there's a handful of organizations I've talked to where they haven't met their numbers. And the conversation there is typically, it's not that we're down, but we're down year over year compared to three banner years in a row where I'm like, well, yeah. It's a tough thing to swallow. I really, really get from an organizational standpoint. I think from a practicality standpoint, everybody understands there's nothing that we could have done. However, that's still how we projected our sales and our budgets. And so we have to adjust accordingly. I would agree wholeheartedly that the majority of people that we've spoken to feel that this is the bottom and that we are on our way to some sort of rebound or level set or something like that. And I think the other really important factor is that as we move into the next phase from this cycle, there has been discussion for years since 2020 of, are we front-loading 10 years worth of construction and we're about to just go into an absolute black hole? And Grant, you and your firm were the leading voice saying from you know six months into 2020, you were like, absolutely not that's not what's happening here is what's happening. And in DIY, it's a bit more true. But to Zach's point, RR is real. And who is moving from a 2% mortgage to a 6% mortgage? No one's going to do that. You are going to be reinvesting into your asset that has grown exponentially. So I think there's nothing but upside. However, we have to maybe reset our expectations for what upside means. I don't personally want to repeat 2020 and 2021. So if that means we don't get 2021 numbers, I'm cool with it.
2: Yeah, right. Well, and I think to even take away the lock-in effect due to high rates. So forget about that. Pre-pandemic for years, we were seeing a strong trend in declining mobilities. People were already staying in their homes longer. We this year hit an average age of the home in the U.S. over 40 years old. Homes have been getting older, people have been moving less, and factor in the equity play too. And so, Zach, you mentioned that, right? So, it's not that people draw on their equity for all of their home improvement projects. I think roughly 9% a year of the project work being done pulls on home equity, actually borrows against that equity. But what equity does is that warm, soft, fuzzy blanket that makes you feel okay putting money into your house because, God forbid, you've got to unload it in a good market, a lot of equity you can. So, even Beth, without that lock in effect of high rates, You've got some really strong fundamental powers behind the R&R market. So we're right there with you both that the runway for R&R because of those fundamentals and then you add on this fact that like people aren't going to move because they're not going to get rid of a 2.5% mortgage, forget about it. So we see you know, down the road as well, larger projects coming on board. We genuinely do. And I think there's been a pause in that right now. So I think there's probably some short-sighted rhetoric that says, oh, job sizes may be shrinking. Well, yeah, that's consumer mindset. So I know, Zach, you love talking about the Fed and all the metrics that are out there, but there's this whole part of the puzzle that our industry doesn't pay enough attention to, which is where our firm shines. And that's understanding what's between the ears of the homeowner and the pro. And this lack of instability is one of the things we've been talking about a lot. The desire to own is there. We've got Gen Z coming up and there's starting to be a lot of research around Gen Z about aspirations and where they wanna be. And they wanna own a home and they're saving like mad right now. Right, So their reference point is the Great Recession and their parents freaking out because they lost their job, their home is underwater, and they've got no income. So this is a generation that's coming up behind millennials saying like, all right, well, I'm going to start off saving and I'm going to put a huge down payment on a home when I'm ready. So I think if we start understanding the psychology about what's going on, I think we'll have a really, really good indication about what's to come. And right now there is no stability and we need that for these folks to reset in a number of different areas
0: grant give me like one gen z consumer research nugget i'm fascinated by gen z i'm so excited to learn more about them and as they come into having more power in the consumer world and as it influences b2b and b2c at a more significant level i'm so fascinated to see what changes and even what doesn't change because i think there's a lot of trepidation about what will
2: so we're still learning too, Beth. I mean, because they aren't driving the home buying and the DIY activity, they're not in our purview right now. So a lot of the, the stuff that we're reading is more, again, just kind of behavioral studies. The one factoid that I think, other than the, kind of the savings aspiration, we have an expectation that their timeline is going to be pretty similar to the millennial in that they're going to be later stage of life buyers and activities happening as opposed to what we saw with boomers and even to a certain extent, Gen X. So maybe staying with their parents for a little bit after school, continuing to build up savings, really kind of define their path. And then in their 30s, late 30s, we may see more buying habits than in their early 20s.
1: One data point I'm always looking at is like consumer confidence and the consumer sentiment. You can study all these different graphs, but that's, I would argue, one of the most important factors is, frankly, how do people feel about the market currently? You, frankly, can make an argument that nothing else matters besides that. like That is really the most important indicator. I literally just Googled consumer sentiment index, and it took me to University of Michigan's consumer sentiment survey. Listen, this was released the 21st of July. It says consumer sentiment rose for the second straight month, soaring 13% above June and reaching its most favorable reading since September 2021 in terms of consumer sentiment. All components of the index improved considerably led by a 19% surge in long-term business conditions and 16% increase in short-run business conditions. Overall sentiment climbed for all demographic groups except for lower income consumers. The sharp rise in sentiment was largely attributed to the continued slowdown in inflation along with stability in labor markets." So interesting because you talk, Grant, about what is in the mind of the homeowner and the pro and what they're thinking. And across the market, people tend to feel like it's better than it was. Like I think it bottomed out. If you look at the chart here that they provide, The end of 2022 was lower than like the lowest point in 2008 (laughs) for like how bad it was going to be. So interesting, right?
2: And one more data point that we were talking about earlier like, many of us think we've kind of hit bottom. And I think this is one more data point that shows that if you look at the builder index, you know, confidence index, you look at consumer index, so Michigan does one, conference board does one, we track them all. And I'm right there with you, Zach. It's such a simple but powerful metric. And it's still not great, right? The builder sentiment isn't great. We do the contractor index that we provide quarterly. It's not great, but they're moving in the right direction. Oh, and by the way, there's going to be an election coming up, so that's going to be awesome. But the more stability we have, I think we're going to keep seeing that index come up. And Zach, you mentioned something earlier too about, you know we were talking recession this time last year at our event with people way smarter than us about here's what's going to happen and why it's going to happen. Candidly, I think a lot of consumers are just tired of hearing about it. We were in a recession. We're in a recession now. We're going to be in a recession. Oh, it's next month. Oh, sorry. Nope. It's next month. Oh no. I meant next month. We're going to be, in a- I think it's been almost 12 months of talking about the recession, the recession, the recession. At what point do consumers just stop listening to all the BS and the clickbait and the headlines and just reflect and say, well, look, I haven't lost my job. My home is still worth twice what I paid for it five years ago. At some point, again, I just think people tune out all of that noise and start realizing you know, that the world isn't coming to an end today. I'm all right.
1: That's a really good point, Grant. I saw something on Twitter about that recently, where someone was... I don't know. They went to some city in Florida for their vacation. And the person on Twitter was an economist, and they were commenting... They're like, yeah, nobody told anybody on the beach about the recession. These people look like they're having a great time. (laughs) I think your point is totally valid about that. Speaking of our event, for those of you that have not joined, we're throwing an event in October where we bring in incredibly smart people. It's called the Building Products Customer Workshop. But we call it that because we literally bring in your ideal audience into the room to interview them, ask them questions about what's happening in the market. Like I think about last year, Grant, how we interviewed that panel of builders. And one of the manufacturers that came, they're like, Hey, yeah, I really enjoy listening to your Harvard economist, but listening to that builder who builds five homes a year talk about what's going on in their business was the most valuable part of the session. And I was like, Oh, that's very interesting. You know, not that the Harvard economist was not valuable. He was tremendous, but it's just interesting hearing what people find valuable, you know. So I'm really curious to get your take, Grant and Beth about what you're excited to hear and see at this event.
2: Beth, does it terrify you to know like how little our clients actually engage with their customers one-on-one?
0: It varies widely and terrify isn't the right word. It pains me how much assumption our clients and manufacturers and marketers are required to work on and run on. And then the standards that they're held to Without the knowledge base to be able to know and feel assured, yeah, I'm on the right track. I've got the message tied in. I know, and at a true human level, understand the pain points that my customers feel. And I know how to speak to them in a way that makes sense to them. I know how to create, copy, design, landing pages, trade show booths, anything that can resonate and make sense to them in an instant. And create really significant inroads for my sales team to not have the ability to just ask someone, hey, does this make sense? Hey, maybe what's changed since I started at my job 15 years ago? And that's why I think our workshop is so valuable is because there is absolutely Venvio and Farnsworth and leaders and thought leaders from our industry that speak. And I love hearing our speakers and I learn something no matter who's sharing We also try really hard to get out of the way and facilitate great conversations and talk about, all right, what are the roadblocks that you're experiencing? And then let's get someone in here who's either solved it or get your audience in here and to speak into it of, this is what I actually need from you.
2: That's what I love about it too, Beth, is we set the stage with some really good research that our teams do on the behaviors and attitudes and kind of what's happening today with both pros as well as some homeowners. But it's that conversation that happens afterwards that, one, is super unique. I think between the three of us, we probably hit, what, 50 conferences and trade shows a year. So we've been there, done that. But this one, for me, and I know it sounds biased because it's our event between the farms Group and Venvio, but this is the only one that I feel is truly engaging. And it's built to be that way where... Manufacturers across categories, even some cases in the same category are in the room together talking about, well, you know, what worked for you last year? What's working for you today? How are you handling video? How are you reaching these architects? And we, oh no, I disagree. So I mean, one of my favorite parts of last year's events was the conflict and debate that happened on a topic that was all about direct to customer. There was a supplier in the room and there's a manufacturer in the room.
0: That conversation's legendary in Venvio, by the way. We reference it. We talk about it. It left an impact because it's real and it's not assumption and it's not theory. It was exactly like you said, it was a literal retailer and a literal manufacturer and a literal lumber dealer coinciding and bringing all of the conflicts that we hear just one side of so often and having all of those, man, it's absolute gold.
2: How powerful were those learnings, too? Because we've spoken with those folks since the event, so I know how it's impacted their discussions internally within their organization, right? So it's a unique event. It's an intimate setting. It's designed for the interactions that come out of some data-based insights and some really strong leaders in our industry providing their perspective on the industry. I can't wait for this year's event. I know it's going to be bigger than we had last year, but we're still working with intent to keep it a small, intimate group. Otherwise, you lose that level of one-to-one conversation and debate.
1: So it's going to be fun.
0: Zach, what are you most excited about?
1: The best part, I think, is just networking. Being able to hear from different people about what's happened that year and how they're thinking about the next year is, frankly, the most valuable part. Like We try to bring in excellent people in and around the industry but being able to network and talk to other people, other peers, I think is really valuable. Not to mention, I think we throw a great party.
0: I agree. That's also a lot of fun.
1: Who are you looking forward to hearing from most?
2: You got a speaker in mind that you're really excited to kind of hear their take on current state and future state of our industry?
1: I'm really excited to hear the CEO of Kodiak come speak. He's actually a billing product company who's going to come talk as well. I think his name is Steven Sweeney. I'm really interested to hear somebody who's kind of in the front lines of sales in our industry talk about what's the last 12 months look like and how are they projecting moving forward? Because it's cool to see all the data that we're going to bring in from all of our research, but seeing us be able to tie that together from somebody who goes, well, this is actually what we're going to do to attack the market is interesting. What about you, Beth?
0: I'm really excited to see Danushka. She's the assistant vice president of forecasting and analysis at the NAHB. And I actually saw her present at our local NAHB chapter a couple of months ago. And so when we were putting together our speaker roster, I put a hard vote in for her because her presentation was, first of all, interesting, really on point. She had great data, not only nationwide, but also at the local level because it was our local NAHB chapter for the New River Valley. And funny, and that's not common amongst economists. And To be able to keep an audience engaged when you're on like slide 72 of just straight line charts. She's just a phenomenal presenter and so, so sharp and educated that I'm so excited for her. I just want to learn from her. Like if she's speaking somewhere, I want to be there and hear what she has to say. So I'm really excited for her. My honorable mention or my second is our channel panel. So last year we had like a high-end residential builder and then a more high production builder. We had an architect an installer and we talked about it a little earlier but the candid response
2: oh yeah plenty of f bombs
0: but they were genuine f bombs it wasn't a vulgar f bomb it was this is the emotion and pain that i felt being an architect over the last couple of years and i'm not going to hold it back and i thought it was so valuable and well received and set the tone for the kind of conversation that was happening no one was getting the pc corporate Squeaky clean feedback. It was, you want to know what it's like to be an architect and have a manufacturer that bails on me the minute before I'm supposed to share my spec. And, you know, I've gone to bat for you. And again, the insights and being able to walk away knowing your customer at a deeper level is so impactful for how you can have not only better marketing, but also better sales conversations, build a better organization, have a better product roadmap that's intentional and aligned with your customers. You couldn't get someone to give you that type of information written down or in a survey response or on your customer feedback form. That's stuff that happens on the fly. And I love it. And I'm excited and grateful to get to be in the room for it.
2: Kermit Baker is going to be speaking from AIA. I mean, he's just been such a voice and such a a steward for our industry for so long. I think anytime we as a group have a chance to connect with Kermit and the audience being able to fire off questions and have Kermit be a part of the discussion, I think is just super, super valuable, particularly with the architects and kind of the, the multifamily commercial side of the market right now is super fascinating because I don't know about you all, but at the Farnsworth group, we're not expecting you know good things for multifamily over the next two to three years. Right? So what does Kermit have to say about that? You know, there's been a lot of rhetoric around retrofitting, and reconfiguring commercial space to be more multi-purpose use. Is that just a fun, small little trend, or does Kermit believe that there is some stick of that idea? So I'm super curious for what Kermit has to say because of the dynamics and the fundamentals in the multifamily commercial space going on right now and the expectations over the next couple of years. And then uh, Carlos from Harvard I think similarly, so he's gonna be speaking to you know DIYers and what's happened with the consumer side. And so again, I think there's a really dynamic kind of atmosphere for DIY that we've seen, you know, so much, so much, so much DIY. Well, have we really exhausted that, Carlos? I know Harvard continues to update their lira and they're expecting, you know, kind of a decline by the end of next year as far as total revenue, both labor and product for home improvement. So is that really more the DIY piece, Carlos? Are we gonna be okay with larger contractor work? So again, just trying to understand kind of where the DIYers are going to be shaping out over the next 12, 18 months from Carlos. I think between the two of them, they're hitting some topics right now that are some pretty big unknowns for our industry and a lot of our clients.
1: This has been awesome. The Building Products Customer Workshop is October 11th and 12th. If you've listened to this episode, the big takeaway is that you need to be there. We're going to have great networking. We're going to have great speakers. We're going to bring a ton of data. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be a great event. We highly encourage you to join. You can sign up by going to venvio.com slash 2024 because we're heading into 2024. We're not holding the event in 2024. It's October 11th and 12th, 2023. We hope to see you there. If you have any questions about the event, drop us a note, any one of us on LinkedIn. Grant, hey, real quickly, thank you again for joining us to show. Anything else you want to share before you leave?
2: No, super excited to see everyone at our event, October 11th and 12th in Denver, Colorado. It's going to be a really, really powerful time.
1: Until next time, I'm Zach Williams, alongside Beth potty Thanks, everybody.